Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of the book of Ephesians. There are many essentials of the faith. In some areas of theology, there is room for differing viewpoints. There are some things the Bible hints about, but does not specifically and unequivocally prove one viewpoint as opposed to others. But most things are so clear in Scripture that no deviation can be tolerated. These are the truths we must contend for and be diligent to preserve. Among these truths outlined in this passage is that there is one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he explains these truths in today's slice of this week's message, entitled, The Theology of Unity, Part 1. 1 Peter 1, 3-5, just look at this. Talk about the blessedness of our hope in Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God caused us to be born to this living hope. That sounds a whole lot like the Spirit has placed us in the body of Christ. Because how were you born again? By the work of the Spirit of God in response to the gospel brought you to faith. Now, when you are brought to this living hope, it is, pick it up in the middle there, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away. Friends, that is certainty. If it's, if it's imperishable, it doesn't rot. It's always fresh. If it's undefiled, it's not in any way corrupted. If it will not fade away, it's not going anywhere. This is the certainty of our hope, and this is part of what makes us one in Christ. Furthermore, it is reserved in heaven for you. And you can say, okay, well, yeah, it's there, but how do I know that I'm going to get there? For you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. One hope. Now, Satan also attacks this one through uh, confusion over future things. Boy, if you ever want to get confused, just uh, go buy one of those books that, you know, uh, what is it, Five Views on uh, the Second Coming, okay? There's more than five. All but one are incorrect, okay? This is something that we need to understand, And and when God got to the end times, He didn't somehow forget to communicate. There are some genuine, wonderful, evangelical brothers and sisters in Christ who truly love the Lord and and preach the right gospel. But when they come to things like the end times, they believe that, we don't really know what that means. It's just sort of mush. One guy told me one time, it's just symbolic when I quoted a passage to him. And I said, well, symbolic of what? Oh, it's just symbolic. 
Well, a symbol represents something. That octagonal red sign with four letters on it, that's a symbol. What does it mean? Stop, all right? Well, what about this verse? What does it mean? It's just symbolic. No, it's not. It's laid out for us. The book of Revelation is not gobbledygook. It's a little bit different terminology than you may be useful. It's a different genre of literature than uh, most of the rest of the Bible. But that doesn't mean that we just write it off and we say, well, when it comes to the end times, you know, I'm just, I'm just pan-millennial. It'll all pan out in the end. Um, it will pan out in the end, but it'll pan out exactly according to what God has said. When we taught the book of Revelation on Wednesday nights a few years ago, um, word got out and some people came to, um, to, to study with us. Uh, and they came from a, a certain church where they had asked their pastor, hey, could we, could we have a series on the book of Revelation? And he said, no, I'll never preach the book of Revelation. It's too controversial. Do you know that there's one book in your Bible that says you are especially blessed if you read it, understand it, and heed it? And do you want to take a wild guess which book that is? It's the book of Revelation. I've also heard people say, well, it isn't practical. It's just too hard to understand. Well, if you find it hard to understand, that's not a problem with the book. That's a problem with the reader. It means we need to work harder. But the book of Revelation is coherent, it's logical, it's chronological, it's sequential, it has identifiable grammatical structure. Don't let anybody confuse you about that. If you don't understand all of it, okay, then keep taking the steps toward understanding it. There's nothing you could do better on that front, by the way, than to join us in our current Wednesday night studies, where Scott is taking us through the book of Daniel, and you're going to see a lot of connections to the book of Revelation. Scott's going to be gone one of these Wednesdays coming up, and I, in my little beady mind, I'm thinking I'm going to actually show you some connections between the things he's leading up to and the, how that connects to, lo and behold, the book of Revelation. Don't let, don't let confusion or lack of understanding keep you away from the beauty of our one hope that holds us together in Christ. All right, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord. I don't think we'll finish this one today, but we'll get started. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5. Famous triad. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now, the reference to one Lord, that's obviously referring to the one Lord Jesus Christ. It emphasizes the essential nature of sound doctrine. Look, there is one true Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A lot of different Groups that will define him differently, but they're wrong. There's one Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this phrase, one Lord, this emphasizes the essential nature of sound doctrine when it comes to Christology, the person and the work of Christ. He is the God-man, Jesus Christ. The word Lord means ruler or master. Um, Jesus is his human name, and Christ is the Greek version of the Hebrew word Messiah. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ is not first name, middle name, last name. It's the title, the person, and the position in the plan of God. Now, people love to attack this one. Satan hates Christ above all. 
Many attacks come this way, and we need to be aware of them and tolerate none of them. Some of them uh, deny the Trinity. Some, a lot of people deny the Trinity, even if they claim to be Christians. Now, the word Trinity is a shorthand. It's a word that's coined uh, from the concept of a tri-unity, a three-part unit, and by which we mean the Bible teaches that there is only one God, and He exists eternally in three co-equal persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This has been attacked from the very beginning. You read over in 1 John 2, 2, so obviously before the end of the lives of the last of the apostles, John writes this in 1 John 2, 22, who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Now, what does he mean by that? You say, well, who would deny that Jesus is the Christ? Well, there are the ones who taught, and they went under the the term Gnostics. Uh, Gnosticism became fully developed early in the second century, but incipient Gnosticism was around late in in the first century. And some of them believed there was the man, Jesus, born just like we've heard that he was born. This man, Jesus, though, was very advanced spiritually compared to others. And so at his baptism, the Christ Spirit came upon the man, Jesus, and he descended in something like a dove landing. Okay? So that's denying that Jesus is the Christ because they said, well, Jesus, he got a really cool promotion. He became the Christ. So there's the man Christ, and there's the Christ Spirit. And he says, well, you're denying the Father and the Son. The Father and the Son are, are, are co-equal, but they are distinct persons. Now, if you were to get into a conversation with a Jehovah's Witness, which you could do if you answer your door on Saturday or Sunday sometimes, or if you know somebody like in, in that group, you can expect them to pounce on you and challenge you by pointing out the word Trinity is not in the Bible. How dare you believe in the word Trinity? Well, the word Ford isn't in the Bible either, but I own a Ford. Well, I don't, but I did once, all right? Um, You need to know what you mean by that word. It is a perfectly good description of what the Bible teaches, and you need to be able to show from the Scripture the concepts of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all as God and yet distinct persons. Now, there's another wrinkle on this. There are those these days who uh, claim to proclaim the same gospel that we do, but they deny the Trinity in another way. These are the ones that there are several different descriptions of them. Sometimes they are called the Jesus-only Pentecostals. Say, Jesus is the man, he's God. There are other ones that uh, they are called the Oneness Pentecostals, and yes, it did grow out of the, the Pentecostal movement, but you've got to be careful about that. Among the Pentecostal movement, there are some wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ who have an accurate uh, definition of the Trinity, the gospel, and, and all of that, and they share our one true hope. They are part of uh, the one body, but these people deny that there are three distinct persons in the Godhead. Instead, 
they say that God exists in three different modes or three different manifestations. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.